update at noon. Thanks so much for your time and welcome to Update at Noon, Johan. Thank you very much, Sakina. I appreciate the opportunity and what a wonderful time for us to be discussing this really, really uh, topical issue. And isn't it just because uh, this is one that I suppose many South Africans have been waiting for as we kept saying, you know, we'll see how this plays out. So a landmark ruling, if you will, uh, would you say, Johan? Sure, you know, definitely as practitioners, I mean, we've been waiting with bated breath for some guidance from the courts or the employment tribunal in this case. Now, I mean, I preface this by saying the, the, the CCMA arbitration awards are not binding, you know, on other employers. It really only deals with that case, but it's certainly instructive in the thinking, on the thinking of the, of the commissioner. And I, having read the, the arbitration award, I would be surprised if other commissioners do not follow that. And if the same sort of reasoning will not be adopted by our courts in the fullness of time. So let's speak to that. Uh, what was compelling in the reasoning that was given here? Because, again, people are saying this goes against our human rights as enshrined in our constitution. Um, you know, that we have a right to bodily integrity. We have a right of choice. So how does this square up against that? Sure. Sakina, I think the, one of the arguments that's, that, that often is overlooked when we deal with the, the Bill of Rights, our constitutional rights that are contained with, uh, within the Constitution, is that Section 34, uh, 36 of the Constitution allows for limitation of those rights. No right in the Constitution is absolute. And courts often have to deal with a balancing of rights and say that I have two parties with conflicting rights and obligations here. And how do I strike a balance between your rights on the one hand, the right of the employee to bodily integrity, to freedom of religion and belief, for instance, and the right, if not the obligation of the employer to provide a safe working environment for the rest of its staff. And that's what Section 36 of the Constitution allows us to do, is to say you need to limit, there's opportunity for us to limit any right in the Constitution um, where, where we need to give effect to somebody else's um, other right or a right in the hands of somebody else. And this is exactly what the CCMA did, so that I consider the employer's workplace, the employer went through a fair and valid process in order to conduct its risk assessment, it determined that the workplace is at risk and it needs to implement measures in order to, to limit the risk of the spread of COVID. And to that end, they made um, vaccination mandatory. What it then did was to consider the individual representations of employees. And in the case of this employee, the employer did not accept a representation. And the, because the employee said that she will continue to refuse to be vaccinated because of her belief that she has the right to bodily integrity. The the um, the employer then found that you are permanently incapacitated from actually working in this workplace because it's not a temporary thing that's going to change in the shortness of in the in the in the, in the short period. For the fullness of time, you're going to be permanently incapacitated to take up um, your role there and dismiss it. And the, the CCMA commissioner considered this matter afresh and on the evidence before her. She, she agreed with the employer. So what does this mean, Johan, um, in the broader scheme of things? Because as you say, it's a CCMA award. It is not binding. Uh, where to from here in this particular case, if the employee were to proceed? And, and what does it mean, more broadly speaking? So if the employee is unhappy with the result, and I suspect there will be a couple of people out there willing to to assist her and bankroll a review to the Labor Court, the Labor Court is empowered to consider the arbitration award and review and set it aside 
if it were to find that the commissioner erred in, or arrived at a conclusion that no reasonable commissioner could arrive at. Um, ultimately, the matter can end up in the constitutional court because it does deal with constitutional issues, the, the consideration of constitutional rights. So I would be surprised if we don't see um, the matter ending up, whether it's this matter or a similar matter, before the constitutional court in the, the not-too-distant future. Where it leaves employees and employers is that at least there's some level of confirmation now from an authoritative body that says that we, we accept the notion that rights can be limited and we um, appreciate that you know, employees do have various rights, both in terms of the Labor Relations Act, the Employment Equity Act, you know, stemming from the Constitution itself. But we also appreciate that an employer has certain obligations. And when we look at the, the, um, the balancing of these rights, we're going to try and find a medium where the employer can give effect to its duty to provide a safe working environment without unnecessarily intruding on the employee's uh, um, various constitutional rights. And I hesitate to say that you know, there will be good reasons and good um, reliance on constitutional rights, and there will be poor ones. With, with a great respect, I don't know the parties in this matter, I don't think this was an, uh, a particular good example of an employee's reliance on the constitutional right. In my mind, where an employee uh, wants to ride on bodily integrity or health and safety, there could be really good valid medical grounds as to why an uh, individual ought not to be vaccinated. And an employer in that case will be hard-pressed to just um, nilly-willy terminate the services of an employee, especially if there are other alternatives available to accommodate such an employee. But you need to consider the grounds, the, the validity of the grounds for objection or representations on the one hand, and then look at reasonable alternatives before other employers can terminate as well. So, as you said, uh, this particular um, award was rather cogently set out. But what happens? So, if this is a case whereby the employee involved is interacting with many people on a face-to-face basis daily, um, would the commissioner perhaps uh, arrive at a different outcome if someone maybe sits alone in a corner in an office somewhere and don't necessarily interact with other people? Absolutely, and that, that, that speaks to the, the issue of the alternatives considered by the employer before terminating the services of an employee. So if I have, on the one hand, a valid medical objection that says, listen, for, for these good reasons, not just because I say, so here's a medical report from a specialist that says why I should not be vaccinated, and I work from home, you know, or I'm sitting in a remote office somewhere in Kuruman, you know, and nobody comes there ever. I don't interact with anybody else. I don't pose a health and safety risk to any colleagues or customers or clients. You know, under those circumstances, I I can't see how an employer can fairly and validly terminate the services of an employee. But if you contrast that, on the other hand, with either poor grounds for objection, on the one hand, or good grounds linked with an absence of alternatives, then the employer would be empowered to, to similarly to um, Goldbrush in this instance, terminate the services of an employee. Johan, we have to leave it there, but I, I'm hoping that we can get you back just to talk about some of the other implications of COVID-19, like uh, people working from home and what's going to happen now that uh, we seem to be drifting back uh, to a, a somewhat of a pre-COVID situation. Uh, what is likely to happen in that instance? Are we likely to see companies allowing employees back to at work? Uh, what if they refuse and say people should continue working remotely, uh, that sort of issue? 
issue. But uh, we have to canvas that at another time. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Johan Boertis, uh, who is a Baker McKenzie partner and head of the employment and compensation practice in Johannesburg. Update at noon.